Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hi. Dave. So, was the bassist from Death Clock named William Murderface, or was it William Murderface, Murderface, Murderface? And Tori. Hello, Internet. We start every week with Good Thing, and Craig does that. All right. So, I got another idle game for you guys, because I've been playing those. And I'm addicted to this one. It's called There's More, because there's always more. But it's nice. It's it's one where you're mimicking, I guess, running a, a town. So you start creating some houses, and then you start creating some farm plots, and you tell your people to go farm so they can feed themselves. And then suddenly you have this whole giant kingdom that you're running, and it's in idle game form. Um, it's pretty neat. It's you know, it's it's not too too bad. Like you you just build the structures, and you put people there, and you fight some enemy goblins and stuff like that as it happens. It's called There's More. Uh, you can check it out if you want. I put it in good things. But is yeah. that it? <laughs> no, there's always more. <laughs> ah, just like Kelsier. There's always more secrets. All right, Dave's turn. All right, so this weekend I was hanging out with my nephew, and that was a good time we had. And I took him to see the Mario Brothers movie. And so, you know, I had a good time hanging out with my nephew. Except, oh wait, the Mario Brothers movie was actually really fun. I don't know why everyone was afraid of it. Because it's a video game movie. They have but, a and stigma. But they and the the last time they tried it was the Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. thing that was a huge disaster. Yeah, but what was everyone's complaint? It wasn't enough like the video game. Well, this movie was basically just a video game. So if that's what you wanted it to be, like this is the movie that that we wanted to have in the '90s that it somehow took an extra thirty years for them to make. <laughs> Because like, the people who grew up with it in the 90s are finally old enough to make movies. We're in movies. charge now, suckers. Yeah. We, yeah. we got to the point where we can get good video game movies, finally. Yeah, it was uh, it was really enjoyable. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I've seen a couple of re- people review it, and, you know, it's not like... It's not an Oscar winner. It's not trying to be... It knows it's not. It's just... It's a movie for people that love Mario games. People that are casually into Mario games. And for kids, like it, it was great. It was everything you wanted it to be. Uh, some standouts for me were I thought they did a, a really good job with the game music. They, you know, had all the necessary, uh, like they had all the necessarily necessary music cues, um, and they didn't overdo it. I thought they had just enough, like pulling music from the game at key moments or to introduce scenes. And uh, also, so that was really good. That's, I think the best thing that they did with the movie was the use of the game music. It was, it was just, it was a good balance of, you know, doing it when it was called for, and not, you know, completely depending on it or or oversaturating the movie with the game music. And also, uh, I really liked Jack Black as Bowser. And when you watch the movie, you will realize, ah, yes. Of course, Jack Black is playing this role. This is the perfect role for Black Jack, Jack Black, and uh, and hey, he can play a villain. So you know when we cast Elantris, um, and also I I, did, I really loved Charlie Day as Luigi too. I thought that was 
just and there were some parts where like oh yeah it's charlie day but in a good way it was like yeah who who could be luigi but charlie day <laughs> and the most important thing michael with- keegan key was toad which i never would have i think they altered his voice or he's but i could see his voice like getting that high pitched and him nailing the toad screen but i think they did actually alter his voice the most important thing is during the music with the koopas like dance on cue to the music that's the important thing you pulled that from the video games <laughs> yeah, bom, like bom. cadence of hyrule no not that have you never played new super mario brothers no <sighs> the newest super mario brothers game i played was super mario maker 2 uh, so my good thing this week is I beat Final Fantasy VI, I think, for the first Ooh. time ever. More than me. I, Congrats, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've played this game to death, but I think like, this is the what? first time I actually bothered to, like, go and beat Kefka. Okay. <laughs> There's enough to keep you occupied without actually going to the end, that's for sure. Right. I mean... Okay. Okay. If... If you've played a Final Fantasy game almost all the way to the end, you have played a Final Fantasy game, right? Like... But how can you play it that far the and then not bother to beat it? Because, I don't know, I don't want to. Um. You can make a separate save file to go into the final area. I I think that you can actually leave the final area in that game at any point as well. Uh, the Pixel some... Remaster actually gave me a new save. Like Once I beat it, it was like, hey, would you like to do a save and this one's got a star on it mm. <laughs> which means it's special mm-hmm. which means it's oh. chrono trigger <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i think this was the first time i ever actually like bothered beating the game instead of just excuse me instead of just you know wandering around forever <laughs> and then getting cool. bored and then playing something else well congratulations Final Fantasy then. <laughs> has best girl tara oh i that's tara was in my main team and she was in my main team because she has the morph ability which Let's her like double her damage while she's while she's morphed, and you build it up over time. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot to use it against Kefka. That's all right. She's cuter without that ability. Oh, I think her morph ability is adorable. <laughs> Tori, guys, you should be patrons right now just to see the looks that Tori is giving me. <laughs> That's my good thing. She's like, how could you? How could Not you? How dare you? Is. How dare you? How could you sir? have forgotten my birthday for thirty years? This doesn't make up for it. Like I, I will say though my other most played Final Fantasy, which is ten, I have beaten. Not recently, back when it first came out. Recently, I just never bother with the with the final boss because like, I'm de- I'm doing super boss stuff, and at that point, like, why should I even bother? Like, I know I could beat the final boss in like three turns. Right? Because that's, that's the point of the game. Of final Fantasy. That's how I feel about it all is- of Final Fantasy Seven. I was like, I'll go back <laughs> and kill that thing underwater. You know. You know, I'll do it. I'll do it later. And then yeah, I was like, I'll you, do it after I beat Sephiroth. If you can beat <laughs> Emerald and and Ruby Weapon, like, what's the point of Sephiroth at that point? Like, you're, I know I can beat Sephiroth because that's I'm the point of the game. Sephiroth. That's no. what it's for. <laughs> also, man, the people in FF7 are way. They are some drama kings and queens, baby. Yes, they are. Here, does not hit that hard, all right? It's like 1,500 damage. Calm down. Yeah, well, to be fair, in FF6, they also had Life 3, so they weren't really didn't need to be afraid of anything. Ultimate doesn't even exist in 7, I think. Yeah, it does. Ultima, it does it's it. just not good. Ultima is way cooler in 6. Yeah, I had uh, Realm, like, my final party included Realm with the uh, 
Economizer and Gembox, or as FF6 call them, the Celestriad and the Soul of Thamasa, oh, which I think are worse names. <laughs> Ultima is a spell in Final Fantasy VII granted by the Ultima Materia. Um, it only when it reaches level two. It is the most powerful offensive magic spell in the game. And Dave's not like, counting eh, summons. It's and not it that on, good. People only care about summons in that game. And it so, cannot okay, be but. reflected because it's non-elemental damage. Yeah. Summons are quite a bit better. There's also like 4x cut. There's slash all. Like, there are so many better ways to do damage than casting Ultima in FF7. Like, it's question just... mark, question mark, question mark. The strongest ability in the game. <laughs> I was like, oh, you just want to do 9,000 non-mitigatable, non-elemental damage. It's only single target, though. Though I have a question. Would you play the Pixel Remaster, Mike, for FF6? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did they patch out the the best cheese in the game? Uh, do you mean the sketch glitch? Do you mean the thing where uh, de- the defense percent thing doesn't work? What what thing you what specific thing are you talking about? I was talking about uh, Vanish Doom. <laughs> oh, I assume that's gone, but I didn't test it. <laughs> yeah, that's the widest known exploitable casual glitch. I think. I mean, just intend your aisle for ten magic points. Just learn Doom, cast Doom, win. But, yeah. Uh, FF6, Pixel Remaster. Pretty good. Finally beat the boss after, you know, playing the game off and on since it came out. Yay. <laughs> Kefka's music sounded really good. Like, Yay. it's... The music is amazing in the Pixel Remasters. Highly recommend. Tori, your turn. Go. I don't think that song was even in theater rhythm. Was it? Laughing Mad? Dancing Probably. Mad, no, yes. Laughing Mad. I thought you meant Kefka's theme. Mm, yes. Isn't Kefka's theme laughing mad? Aren't they the same thing? Dancing mad, but they're yes. They're the dancing same mad. motifs. Well, dancing mad uses motifs from Kefka's theme. Tori, go. Yeah, anyway, I've got a game to recommend to you guys. Okay, so imagine Animal Crossing, except all your neighbors are ghosts. So there's this game called Cozy Grove. And Does that mean they pull all the weeds crossing, out? But you, can, but you can kill your neighbors? <laughs> no. And, and <laughs> okay. Oh, because so. I would love a version of Animal Crossing where I can kill all my neighbors. I, and I would love I a version them. where so all Sims, my neighbors Mike. pull weeds. Here we go, sounding like psychopaths again. No, so Cozy Grove. You are a spirit scout, and you have been sent to a haunted island to earn your merit badges. Spirit scouts help weary ghosts cross over to the other side. So you get to this island. I gotta help you cross something. And you've got a letter from your scoutmaster being like, hey, scout, we sent you to an island that's only a little bit haunted, so go out there and do your best. And then the very first ghost you talk to, and all the ghosts are bears, by the way. They're ghost bears. The very first ghost you talk to is like, oh, yeah, this island is hecka haunted. It's, it's so haunted. There's so many ghosts here. And you just have to do little tasks uh, to, to help the ghosts find peace. And they're adorable. And there's, there's, you know, mining and fishing. And you plant trees and harvest the fruit. And so all of those things that are in Animal Crossing, except your neighbors are ghosts and they're bears. And it's adorable. It looks like Tori's- it has a, what is it, the don't starve aesthetic to it, but a little more. Yeah, it's very cutesy, uh, very, very anime looking, like, um, sort of like cartoony line art. Um, yeah. Um, this is legit Animal Crossing. There's a notice that says it runs in real time and is optimized for one to two hours of daily play. Yeah. Is it multiplayer? Uh, n- I don't think so, um, but I've only 
played a couple of days now, so I haven't looked that deeply into it because I don't have anyone to multiplayer with. Oh, so um, it's called, but it's called Harvest Moon. <laughs> Cozy Grove, and uh, Cozy if you're Grove. listening live, it's uh, on sale on the Switch store for the next two days. Oh, I can't afford two days. <laughs> yeah, it was only like uh, eight or nine bucks. So, yeah, highly recommend having lots of fun with it. And also, when you get to the end of the, you know, the one to two hours of daily gameplay, there's there's really not anything else to do. So you have to get off the couch and go do something else. And I like that in a video game. All right, it sounds like it's time for chapters. Mm-hmm. No, it's time for interludes. We'll get to chapters in a minute of Wayward Souls by King of Thieves, Stephen Branderson. Interlude 10. Hesina to mate. Kaladin is going to be a grandson. I'm so excited. Lyrian can afford to lose one more son. (laughs) He's already a grandson. (laughs) But he's going to be a grandson. Aren't you excited? Uh... Lyrian can afford to lose one more son. He'll still have as many sons as Dalinar if you lose this one. Uncle No-Real is helping. Why he got that glyph, though? So, interlude 10, as you may have guessed, uh, is taken from the point of view of Solfrena because she's still an active participant in this book, and she's uh, all in it, and it's great. Dave is reeling from his (laughs) lack of sill. So, so Frenna is sitting on Hesina's shoulder for this. The entire time, yeah. Uh, Kaladin thought she was missing. He's wondering where she is, but she's just practicing her jokes. Whenever Silfrena isn't on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Silfrena? <laughs> Maybe her planet needs her. <laughs> uh, so Hesina, that's Kaladin's mom, and this interlude is titled after her. And Tomate is where her dad lives or lived. They're not sure. It's and her old hometown. Yeah, she left Tomate to go live in Hearthstone with with uh, Liren. And that's why Kaladin is going to be a grandson. Because we find out about his grandfather being in Tomate. And Liren, so Hasina is like, go, go look at all this... All this Good stuff that your son inspired, you jerk. And that, that's and then he does, and he says, "Ah, take out them glyphs." Are you are you saying that Liren is actually Sadius? No, who would say that? Because you called him a jerk. No, Sadius <laughs> is a jerk. But other wad. people can be jerks. Sadius is the jerk. He's a jerk wad. No, that's Steve Martin. Steve oh, wow. Buscemi. Was that Steve Martin? I think that was Steve Martin. No, Not Martin big. Short. That's a different guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve Martin's a big jerk. No, wait. Tom Hanks is a big jerk. Who is a jerk from Big? Tom Hanks, right? Tom Hanks is in Big, yes. But he wasn't yeah. a jerk. I wouldn't say he's the jerk from Big. Why is uh, he I would a say jerk, that that's, that's Macaulay Culkin's dad from uh, from Home Alone, who is the jerk from Big. No, that was Ferris Bueller's <laughs> day off. <laughs> no, wait. That oh was Lydia Dietz's dad. Why did I never realize that was the same actor? Thanks, Mike. Kevin, I'm trying to use the phone. I wish you were never born. That's what he said, right? Yep. Read exactly that way. (laughs) 
Oh, wait, the mom from Home Alone was the mom in Beetlejuice. Yeah. That's where I got my wires crossed, I think. The dad from <laughs> Beetlejuice is also the principal from... Ferris Bueller's um, Day Off. Ferris Bueller. Right. And also was arrested for some real nasty stuff, and you shouldn't look him up unless you want to be sad. You mean, um, Paul... I'll just say Pee Wee Herman. I can't remember. Paul Rubens? Paul Rubens. Uh, no. His stuff was actually not that bad. His He's stuff okay. was his stuff was probably expected behavior from most men in his situation, honestly. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, you know, he's probably not the only person that's done what he did. Like, he went to a place where that sort of thing is expected to happen and then was arrested for doing that there. Yeah, right? those like, kind of places just confuse me. Like, why do they exist? Because the internet didn't exist then, Craig. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Anything else for Interlude Ten before we get derailed? Or? Um, no. All right. Interlude they're, Eleven. They're in still very stubborn. Where is Sil though? I told you. Okay. In our hearts. Mm, true. And Hasina's shoulder, practicing her jokes. I mean, the whole conversation between Hasina and Liren is Hasina being, "Hey, be less stubborn," and Liren, Liren be like, "No, I'm going to be more stubborn." And Hasina's like, "Stop it." He's like, "No." Yeah. yeah, that's pretty fair. They do love each other, though. Chapter interlude 11. Ol' Aiden. Aiden must mean so of kids. Aiden definitely does not have a crush on Char. That kid is so dead. All right, take it, Craig. Dang. Dang. You want me to do this one? This is the part where Craig tries to interpret my joke's struggles, and then Mike explains them. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to skip the Craig part? Because I can just jump straight in here. I don't even understand the first one. <laughs> Aiden must mean so of gih. Adolin means son of light. Aiden. Adolin. Come on, Craig. Oh. It's Adolin without the middle part. Without the middle, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like a, a potter, or at least his dad is, and he wants to be a windrunner. He's totally going to be a windrunner, guys. Uh, it, a spring just needs to notice him at some point. And we're, we're basically seeing a perspective of merchants that are still around in the tower. Uh, you know, they, they glare at the singers as they walk by, but they're they're just you know going along, trying to get yeah, by Aiden day by day. glares at the singers when he thinks no one's looking. Yep. Um, so because that's what the spren care about. Bravery. Um, he, uh, you know, he keeps an eye on, on the, the different... Um, Radiance because he wants to be like them, and isn't Char one of the girls that like they they bicker with each other so they totally have a crush on each other? That's how thirteen year olds work, right? That that's Dave's note there. Um, anyway, last, this is last time I was a thirteen year old. Uh, I was in grade school, so I was too dumb to know what's what. Yeah. So um, I, I I just now realized the interesting juxtapositioning of these two interludes. Because interlude ten, you you're like, look at all this good influence that Kaladin has had. Lyrin, your son's great. There's no drawback to all of the inspiration that he's causing. And then interlude at eleven, it's like, hey, some kid wants to be a windrunner and be just like Kaladin and defy the fuse and go and get himself killed, which hey, is hey. exactly what Lyrin is afraid of. He does not die in this chapter, so you don't know. He's so dead. He- you don't know that. Also, 
it's could... Brandon. He could get he could get like ripped to pieces on screen, and two chapters later, he's back. <laughs> as long as the pieces aren't shown on screen, he's so anyway, still alive. He could get metal spikes shoved through his body. <laughs> something he's fine. Something's going down though in the uh, where atrium. the radiance. Yeah, in the atrium where the radiance are being kept. So sounds, his father. I'm afraid they found the noodle. That would be the worst case scenario. His father is going to go check it out, and Aiden's like, yeah, I'm coming with you because I also want to be irradiant, and I'm going to go help out. And you don't want to leave me here because you're going to be looting and stuff, so I'm coming with you. And so he does. That kid is so dead. Mm-hmm. If this kid is a major enough character to be on screen again, then he'd be a corpse. All right. Interlude 12. Well, Vulnerable. before we get there. Dave, remember, no child body, no child crime. Interlude twelve. Hold on, yo, let's. Okay, too far. Yeah, don't don't say that. Yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I've already ignored it. Interlude twelve, vulnerable. I guess this is the chapter about contract bridge. No, no, no bridge players on the recording today. Dude, you tried. Dave, this is this is what it feels like whenever I make a reference joke. (laughs) <laughs> how do you guys not play bridge Be- because Even. we're not 70 hey they weren't Dang. 70 when they started playing and um, you when guys we're not like... read all the books i've read and seen all the movies i've seen and seen all the tv shows i've seen <laughs> how do you play through or all of final fantasy 6 without say. beating it because <laughs> actually beating it doesn't matter that. it's fine she's still I'm going to be lying in bed at like 3 a.m. and I'm going to be like wide-eyed staring at the ceiling in the dark thinking about that. How are you not just angry at me because I've only beaten 3 and 5? Because you haven't told me that you've played through the entire game and just didn't bother to beat it. I did! With uh, (laughs) 7, 4, 8... And now I know that, Craig! I got to the final dungeon and then I stopped. 10... I got to the Comlands or whatever the heck that's called, and I stopped there. Um, I don't right, remember so how far I'll, I got. I'll join with the party, Tori. I got to the final dungeon of Twilight Princess and didn't beat it. Oh my Whoa. gosh! <laughs> All right, I'll, let me take some heat off of Craig here. <laughs> <laughs> Tori died right now. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. Yes. If that's Mike's attitude, I'm surprised he ever beat Breath of the Wild. I actually did never kill Ganon in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, what you need uh, to, though. That whole <laughs> sequence is so good. I beat all 120 shrines. I haven't gotten the DLC. I don't think I'm gonna. But, nope, didn't beat Ganon. Just... Did you find all 793 pine cones? I mean, no. Koroks. No. <laughs> no, Dave. That sounds like a very special kind of torture that I'm very slowly paying $200 over see, the course of multiple years to have you do. See, that's the kind of thing <laughs> we're all say, you know, that I'm, I'm capable of finding all, and it's 999 Koroks, but I'm not gonna. I don't play through the entire you game and say, you know what, I'm capable of beating the game, but I'm just not gonna, like... You broke my brain a little bit just now. I hope you know that. But I don't have to. Like, actually beating the game doesn't provide any additional closure beyond... For you! (laughs) Beyond, like, getting through most of the game and be like, you know what? I have experienced what this game has to offer, and I'm bored now. I'm going to move on to something else. Mike's used to playing base simulators and stuff like that, which so it kind of makes sense. 
Because in in those games, you just you just play them until you don't. Uh, I mean, I guess some of them could have endings. All right, chapter interlude twelve. Uh, vulnerable. Did I make a bridge joke yet? Yeah. You did. Okay. Yep. Taravangian was as surprised as I was when Nightblood showed up in Words of Radiance. No one enlightens an audience like Shatanat. I don't remember. I guess Taravangian and Shatanat were in this chapter. I think she was going to send him a spren. <laughs> I don't remember. Was she was she supposed to bond one of her children or she's just Nope. Okay, him to hang so Taravangian's like, I'm having a real dumb day because I don't have any other kind anymore. Uh, I'm gonna lay a trap for Odium that he'll definitely fall into because I'm good at this. And Jean-Ot's like, all right, I will allow you to commit elaborate suicide with my help. Here have two gems with, uh, with enlightened spren inside of them. And good luck being dead, loser. Bye. <laughs> She's pretty great. All right. He said something about Nightblood, too. Uh, yeah, the, the diagram did not account for Nightblood's existence. Hmm. He must be a, a truth watcher. Because Nightblood is unique in the Cosmere? Mm, just because he's unique doesn't mean that there's only one of them. Oh, that's More that's like, what unique means, actually. There's no way to account for him because you don't even know his existence on the planet until, I guess, Nail just dropped it off as far as we know. Okay, yeah, not does he know who Rayadin is? Like, if Rayadin not shows only... up, is that, that can't be on the diagram either. Not Correct. only did he not expect Nightblood, he didn't account for the kind of thing that Nightblood is. He couldn't even imagine something like this existing, never mind a specific example of it. What did Shashara do, anyway? Uh, she kind of broke civilization for a few centuries hmm. on her world. Alright, part five, the part with the really long title... We have the Knights Radiant, Navani, Bridge 4, Taravangian, Jerk, Pursuing Jerk, and Funny Jerk for a viewpoint characters. I can't help but notice that there are some names missing from that list, Dave. B4? Shalon, Adolin, anyone it's, in their it's group? It's the Knights Radiant. Shalon's a Knight Radiant. Everyone in that group is a Knight Radiant except Adolin. No, Shalon isn't a Knight Radiant. Radiant is a Knight Radiant. You can tell because it's in her name. Mm, right, because she only comes out at night, mostly. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I forget who Jerk is. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Vire, right, okay. Yeah, Vire, Leeson, and our, our good boy, best boy, Hoyd. I mean, Wit. Is that Funny Jerk? Yeah, Wit is Funny Jerk. No, Wit is Pursuing Jerk. The Pursuer is Funny Jerk. Oh, right, because Yasna's a Jerk. <laughs> And Wit is pursuing her. No, because the pursuers are like, every time he shows up, knock, knock, who's there? Me, stab. <laughs> well, Wit has been known to say that. <laughs> he Chap- only has the one joke, but it lands every time. <laughs> right in the gut. <laughs> Chapter 97. An unwholesome shade. We won a mule. Ishar was here. This is a short chapter, you guys. So Dalinar's walking among- amongst a bunch of corpses and feeling sad. And, and he's all like, I shouldn't let people know that I'm sad about all these corpses. He sees a light-weaving map, and he sees Ishar on the map. Ishar yep. being the herald in charge of the bondsmiths? Sigzil and Stargile yes. make a map. Yes, Dave. And yeah, Ishar is the is the bondsmith herald. Neat. Stargile. Uh, 
and his his picture of the like the herald arches at the tops of the chapters sometimes uh he's the bald guy with the beard oh i just actually realized uh the guy in the front of the book the nice awesome full color sketch uh yeah. that's kellick that's the guy that's that's the mr arboretum arborator himself arbitrator the arboretum sure arbitrator he sure isn't depicted with thinning hair though he's pretty no, bald he's not. i think or is he well, well we also okay. got a nail First of all, that picture was probably taken thousands of years ago. (laughs) And second of all, they always, you know, they always make them the religious art more more glorious and and sexy, right? So, yeah, they gave him abs and hair. Hey, (laughs) he might have had abs back then. Don't hey, I have abs under all this flaps. (laughs) Here's the thing, guys. He's a cognitive shadow, so if he has thinning hair now, he had thinning hair then. That, that's like, sort of my thought. I'm like, that slop. means he always looked like that. <laughs> Although, I think your form can change over time. Like, I'm fairly certain Vasher looked different in his different form, in his different Yes. Names. Theoretically, they could change over time. However, if that were going to be the case, it would be based on how people imagine you and how people think about you, mm. which would, in the case of the Heralds, be based on the art that they create of you. If... The art that we have is accurate to art of Kellick on Roshar. He should look like that. He doesn't. He has thinning hair. That's a good point. What does it mean? All right. uh, it means that he really thinks he should have thinning hair. Like, that's that's critical to his identity is that his hair is falling out and he's going bald. Maybe he just shaved to make himself look like that to hide among the honor spread. He's not shaving, though. It's thinning hair. It's not bald. All right, he used a thinning razor. He has, like, a comb-over. Like, that's it. (laughs) Okay, so he shaved the middle part, and he left the longer parts. (laughs) But this brings up an interesting question. Do cognitive shadows get haircuts? They shouldn't need to. I mean, like, the the Vivanis sisters never did, right? They just made their hair as long as they wanted whenever they wanted. Oh, no, actually, uh, we get... A haircut of one of the one of the sisters in the book in Warbreaker. Yeah, remember? but then she just grows it back to the length yeah. that she wants. But we get a haircut on oh, screen. Yeah. Well, keep in mind they're they're descendants of a cognitive yeah. shadow. And Fafin has yeah. a has a buzz cut. Yes, because she's a monk. No, Fafin is a chondra because she's bald. <laughs> of course, if they're bald, they must be a chondra. Proven. Guys, what if Rushu is actually Fafin the chondra? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness Dave, Dave, your favorite character's back in Pog form Maybe she was also Doxandra, I guess, I don't know So I think we're done this chapter <laughs> and we can go to 99, which you mis- you misnumbered these Oh, <laughs> now it's fixed No, it's not Did I forget to read a chapter? No, you just mistitled 97, or 98 as 97 Oh <laughs> I, I, remember, I ended on 101. I, I don't know if I just skipped over one. All right. Chapter 99. Not bound. So this chapter must be about Craig's stream. Ayo. Ahem. No, no, I'm not dignifying that. When's the last time you streamed Earthbound, Craig? Never. Basically never. So there you go. This chapter's about Craig's stream. Uh, Wit once knew himself. Wit's falling... Wits, I'm sorry. No, that does say falling. Wits failing is that he doesn't take things as seriously as he should. 
Odium is failing is that he thinks he's smarter than he is. Another short chapter. Uh, it's Wit and Yasna. And Wit's like, I used to know this guy. He was really good at gambling because he cheated. And then he made a stupid bet. And it was a tie. And he bet his life savings that it wouldn't be a tie. And it, it was me. And now I'm broke. And here I am, baby. Yep. But he won't it's make accurate. that mistake again. No, no, he will. I wonder if he used, like magic to win his bets i mean he just said he cheated so he his plan here could have used bendeloy wit's plan here is to try to convince odium to sign a pact that on a coin flip if it comes up heads he gets locked in the rasharan system and if it comes up tails he gets locked in the rasharan system and if it comes up on the edge he gets locked in the rasharan system yep mm-hmm. that's the plan although if if Team Radiant wins, he's only locked there for a thousand years, and then he gets to try again. So, it seems like Wit doesn't necessarily have Roshar's best interest in mind. He told you that back in Way of Kings, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Wit Wit doesn't have any planet's best interests in mind, but he may have all of the planet's best interests in mind, ultimately. Oh, so he's saying it's okay to sacrifice one planet to save the other 15. Yeah, he's an anti-Spock. So he's a Taravangian. Well, Taravangian would sacrifice 15 to save the one, as opposed to losing all 16. Yeah. Well, if yep. the 16 were doomed, then he would sacrifice 15 to save one. He would leave 15 out of 16 in the unaltered doom state. Yeah. But his options are save one or save zero, right? Hey, Dave, do you right. think an unaltered doom state could play doom? Mm, if it were illegal? In that state? If not, then I don't think so. Yeah. He also says that ODM thinks he's smarter than he is. Because, you know, Wit New Race. He knows the kind of guy he is. He likes he likes the glory. He likes the attention. He likes to think yeah, that he's right all the time and thought of as clever. Wit also thinks that AT was a, was a good and kind man because he bought him a drink once. <laughs> so what you're saying is he's... A better judge of character than Seth and Nightblood combined. Uh, I'm saying that maybe Wit's assessment of people and their motives isn't necessarily accurate. Maybe. Although he did punch Kelsier that one time, so I gotta give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And when I say punch Kelsier, I mean he beat that man inside out in the Cognitive Realm. I, I might be on Kelsier's side for that fight, though, because I-, I don't trust Hoyt. If you're inside out in the cognitive realm, does that put you in the physical after, realm? After after Wit gets a hold of you, yes. If your if your name is Kelsier, then yes. After Wit beats you, he will flip you inside out, <laughs> and then your skin on the inside, bones on the outside, organs still in the middle. They didn't change. Like the kid from that Nickelodeon short, Inside Out Boy. Kelsier is technically exoskeletal now. He's an insect. Oh, so he's Rosharan. So do you think Wit did that so that Kelsier could come and get Radiant powers? So he would yes. have a connection to Roshar? Absolutely, uh, yes. Yeah. Wait, how did Wit get a connection to Roshar? Cheating? Probably, yeah. Mm. Cheaty glitches. I mean, right. he he only got a Spren to bond him because he was the best bad option the Spren had. Mm-hmm. But his Spren continues to be the best. All right. I'm... I'm sad we didn't get more of his friend in this chapter. And by more, I mean any. She doesn't like to reveal herself, probably. 
Well, I agree. His sprint is a very good foil for Wit. In fact, sometimes she's even a shard foil. Oh, actually, we don't know that yet. It depends on how far along he is on oaths. How many truths does he have? There actually, I feel like, like, seriously, though, the light weavers and cryptics are probably the best fit for Hoyt. I guarantee there's a ton of things he figure? just doesn't tell people. Think about how many names he has. He's frequently said that he's stolen this name from someone or he uses the name of an old mentor or something like that. Like, oh, there like Rusty is Shackleford? He does not say to people at all. So there are a ton of truths that he has to reveal. Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't really hide them from himself, which I think is kind of how the Lightweavers are supposed to work. He just knows, like, truths about the universe that other people don't know, which I think makes him a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Chapter Hundo. We made it, guys. Chapter 100 out of 100. We're 100% done after this. So truth number one, the moon is hollow. Which moon? All of them. It's not hollow. It's full of cheese. Swiss cheese. Yeah, so it's hollow. Mm. Chapter 100. Watchers at the rim. Noodle found. The Radiants are all going to die. Please send Relaine so I can bond him and make him die too. Escape protocol alpha. So Uh, the sibling... Is is that the one where you... uh, separate the saucer section and start the self-destruct sequence in the warp core? No, that's Operation Squash Tomato. <laughs> it's, it's whatever uh, protocol the writers decide for that week. Alright, so chapter 100, the sibling is back, and they talk to Kaladin and Dabid, and they're like, send us Relaine. They found the noodle. I think it's actually in the infirmary. It's in the model. It was there the whole time. They have a model in the infirmary? Mm -hmm. Did they have time to paint it and build it to scale? Somebody did, like, before. It was like they found the old dollhouse in the attic. What was the commotion in the Agora, then? The atrium? Another noodle? No, the the model is in the atrium, which is where the radiants are. This is all in the same location. Oh... But the other the other noodle was down the well, also in the like big central atrium area. Yeah, they didn't put these in very good locations. It seems good on the surface, but I would say the one underneath a balcony was pretty good. That's hard to spot. Yeah, that that was a good location. The only reason they found it was they understood the necessity to have an outdoor noodle. So yeah, they found it. That is the fused found the last noodle. It's in captivity. And the galaxy is at peace. Send Relaine. Send Relaine. <laughs> uh, pff, something about they said something about sending him to Navani. To I don't know. Navani had something to do with the plan. But then it's like Teft is finally gonna get to jump out the window like he always wanted. Uh, they're they're gonna fuse their boots to the wall like the, the iron boots from Twilight Princess, a game that I totally completely played through and beat. And Headphone users should lower their volume for the next section because this is going to be a Ridley fight and you just don't want that. And uh, so they fuse and then walk and then if they, if, if they have to try to get out of range of the suppression field and activate their Windrunner abilities to keep from squashing in the ground, then they should do that as a last resort. But they're going to try to climb down the side of the building by lashing their boots to the wall. All right, so plan A, hurl yourself out a window and... Uh, probably die. Plan B, if plan A fails, fly away. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, or just throw yourself at the ground and hope you miss. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Chapter 100. Woo! Chapter 101. Uh, why did they put under text at the top of the page? Hmm. To throw you off the scent, Dave. I see. Well, I better switch into wolf form so that I can follow the scent. Oh, man. Did I ever tell you guys about how in Dracula 2000, uh, the the Dracula, who was played by Gerard Butler, got shot with a shotgun while he was a wolf and he exploded into bats? It was really no. bad CGI and it was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm right here, Mike. The Gerard Butler wolf got shot by a shotgun and exploded into CGI bats. I thought I'd seen that movie, but I don't remember that at all. Uh, not to be confused with Dracula 3000, which was boring and bad and set in space, but like filmed at probably a brewery. What was with like these 90s movies that had to have their sequels in space? There, There is more of them that this is a notable thing that has happened. Jason X was probably the best version of that. Because it it stopped caring and just embraced how silly everything was, and just really went to town. And it was wonderful. What about Pigs in Space? That was a sequel to the well beloved movie Pigs, and that was pretty <laughs> silly. Oh, hey, that reminds me. I still need to watch History of the World Part Two. Ooh, same. That exists. Yeah, yes. it's Part new. Two. It's on Hulu. Just, it's um, new, Dave. Mel Brooks your... is still alive. Yes. What? Yeah. Guys, don't get your hopes up. My wife, who is one of the biggest Mel Brooks fans ever, gave it a meh rating. Because the thing to keep in mind is that Mel Brooks is very much up in age, so he didn't solely write History of the World Part II. Of course he didn't. I wouldn't expect it of him. Like, he attached his name to it and probably oversaw some parts of it. But, like, no, man, he should be retired and probably is mostly retired. Like... But also, don't do something called History of the World Part 2 without involving him. It's true. So anyway, Dave, tell me about chapter 101. Windle must have farmed some furniture for Yanagon's tent. Wait, is Windle an animal crossing? Didn't we talk about this before? How, like, the cognitive realm and pulling furniture out of little beads is basically animal crossing? It's basically the leaves. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we talked about this before. I don't remember us talking about this, but I'm on board. Yeah, it tracks. Spirit tracks? Wait, that wasn't an Animal Crossing game. That was no, that was a Zelda, which I also didn't beat. Train. Guys. I didn't came play out it out on a console so. I never owned. But it was really good, though. But I, I didn't beat it because I didn't start it. Is that more acceptable to you, Tori, that I didn't start it than not beating it? I'm over here like, Lord, give me strength. <laughs> To beat up Mike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Dalinar tries to convince Yasna that they can recapture Irithiru, but Yasna is hopeless. Ishar Tashi. Dalinar will meet him himself. Yezir is dead, but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Yasna appreciates book. Dalinar hopes that Yasna's underwriting will add to Oathbringer. Yasna does insurance now. <laughs> <laughs> underwriting, insurance... Yeah. Someone will get it. Craig I left. left. You smiled. laughed and said what? So like you recognized that it was in the form of a joke. No, and, I and understood what you were saying. He said what because it was silly. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I'm going to go to Ishar Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. And then I'm going to go join the Empire at their flight school. 
and I'm going to shoot down some rebels. Just like... All right, who's summing? Summit. Uh, I don't know. Dave hasn't scrolled back up to the beginning of the chapter yet. This is like the longest chapter we had. Uh, yeah, so uh, Gox's tent is like super cluttered. Dalinar's like, you know what? Maybe it's just because I, uh, you know, the Alethi general culture is do austerity and not have much in your tent. And then I took that way further than everybody else, and I've just got a cot and maybe a bucket. Hey. End of end of tent. So a couple things. One, he's like, "How did they get all this furniture here?" And the answer is probably Windle. I mean, you know, Lyft is a good friend of the Emperor, so she probably oh. had Windle. I mean, if he stores everything in his leaves, yes. Um, Dalinar also probably doesn't actually understand how supply lines work. Like he he is aware of their existence, but I don't think he actually understands them as a general should, because the Alethi get to cheat with food makers. Yep. And and they say that in the book itself. They depend on their soul casters, so... Yeah. Who needs a supply train? Supply train. Um, man, he would be so be confused thing. by about half of the of the stuff that gets covered in Wheel of Time. <laughs> and he but also just... mentions having all this furniture in the tent is a, is a good defense against assassins because when assassins are trying to sneak around and kill you, it's good to like give them a, a big area rug or a love seat to trip over. Whoa, no, that's legit. I just read a, a Today I Learned about an emperor who survived an assassination attempt by running around the pillar that was in the room. I'm trying that's, to look up who, who that is. Jackie Chan loves having very cluttered places for for his films to be set in, for the action scenes, just so he can play with all of the like furniture and environment and stuff during the fight scenes. Okay, so this is... It was a Chinese emperor... By the name of oh god, I'm These not guys are always getting name. assassinated. Never get in a land where in Asia, you guys. I, well, I how I, do you feel about going in against a Sicilian when death is on the line? Not I as can't, famous. I can't find the name. But it was a Chinese emperor, and he survived it. Jing Qi attempted assassination of King Zheng of. We're very sorry, Jin Shi, that we uh, <laughs> mispronounced your name. I can't pronounce. Um, if it's an X, it's Xi. If it's a Q, it's probably Qi. As far as I understand, I could be wrong. So but is I'm it probably a, closer than Craig. It's Q I N. Is it Chin or Chin? That is Chin, right? Yes. As far so as that's, I know. that's where the China Which comes from. I don't from. know. From Chin. Oh, because they have chins, and that's <laughs> no, why that's America is called from. Chinless America. But anyway, we're all we're all Simpsons characters. And a Chinese emperor in the third century survived by running around a pillar. So there you have it. This is accurate. Okay. Uh, so Yasna <laughs> and like, show up for the He was like, woo, I'm like, I'm on this side of the pillar, and then the emperor, the assassin starts running around the pillar, and then he <laughs> runs the other way, like, <laughs> Well, the comments say, and then someone played the Benny Hill theme while this was happening. He was probably yelling for his guards the whole time, so he only had to dodge for, like, six seconds. Because that's, that's a, a round. combat round. That's a round, yeah. <laughs> it works. And his guards were less than 30 feet away. Hey, you can move 60 feet on a charge attack, as long as you have line, line of sight and a clear path. Well, and there's the pillar! But there's no clear path, because the tent's got furniture in it, Dave. Uh, it depends. If you're a swashbuckler, I think you get an ability where you can ignore furniture in a charge attack. Man, we are going off on so many tangents this this episode. I apologize, oh, listeners. I've heard the D&D movie is really good. I have to watch I haven't that. seen it yet. Uh, all right, so Dalinar and Yasna are early for the meeting. 
Uh, I don't remember if anybody else shows up for the meeting because the only dialogue we really get is Dalinar and Yasna. Queen Fen is there. No, Where, like Queen Fen is not there. They they actually had the span read her. They span read, I thought like, they span readed her before the meeting, but she was still there. That's mentioned something about her being at the table normally, but maybe she's not in this case. I don't know. It's Dalinar, Yasna, uh, Yanagon, and uh, the the assistant Nora. That's who's there. So Dalinar wants to retake Urithiru, and Yasna's like, no, we shouldn't, because it's hopeless. And Dalinar's like, but I'm hopeful. And she's all like, it's hopeless. Hope? No hope. Hope? No hope. Hope? No hope. And they go back and forth for the entire chapter, and then it ends. And that's the end of this week's chapters. Oh, wait. Oh, he right. also tells her to write annotations yeah. in his book. I he hands her, her which I thought his... came out before this took place. It, it's already been like published, but this is his like original handwritten oh, copy. Oh wait, this is Oathbringer the Sword, not Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson. Is he inscribing this entire like story on the blade of the sword, a la Final Fantasy IV? Yes. Hmm. He he gave Yasna his author copy <laughs> with giant handwriting because he just learned how to write this year. Yeah, Navani let him do some parts in crayon, so they're colorful and pretty. Yeah, and she's like, well, first she's like, oh, I even though I am an, a, a famous atheist, I still appreciate religion in older texts and how it influenced the authors. And But then she's like, you know, if your book's got a lot of religion stuff in it, I'm not going to, I'll be respectful, but I won't be nice in my commentary. And Downer's like, this book is about uniting them. So that includes uniting people in my new cult with atheists so it's important to show that we can work together and that the most important stuff we agree on hey he doesn't call it a cult he does yeah call they it never a do craig he calls it a sect <laughs> you know who else didn't call it a cult anyone in the cult there's a there's a king of the hill reference here too all right well tori's falling asleep no so. i'm not i'm listening i just don't have anything to contribute if you want okay. to go off on a tangent tori <laughs> I'm st- I'm still thinking about people not beating video games when they've started them. I don't understand. Oh, I didn't even. After this, it's I'm it's not even start starting. It's game. like playing for hours and hours and hours and exploring all the content and then just not bothering yeah, with the end that's, boss. That's that's the part I don't get. Yeah. No, if you had just like tried it for an hour or two and then like, nah, it's not for me, and you never beat it, I think I could understand that. But playing all of it and then not beating it, like, what is wrong? But that has nothing to do with the chapters, so let's talk about the chapters instead. I have a better mm. idea. Let's kick Dave off and then talk about the chapters instead. Oh, we don't have anything to talk with Dave about? I don't think oh, okay. so. Okay. Well, bye, Dave. That's all, all right. right. I, I left 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. So what do we got? Good news. I don't have, that, I don't have that many bullet points oh, this yeah, week, so yeah, you're going to get all news. of them. No, no, that means you're going to get all of them, actually. Oh. Um... Has seen a chapter. Who would you rather have out there fighting? Some crazed killer who enjoys it, or the boy you train to care? And that's sort of Keldon's problem, right? He cares a little too much. Mm-hmm. But that's it's sort of neat. He basically, in a roundabout way, got it from his father. 
Well, I would say that his overarching problem throughout the series has been not being able to like get a good us versus them. Like all of his us versus thems have been skewed wrong. So it's like uh, while he was in Amaram's army, it was his us was just his squad. Yeah. And yeah. the them was everybody. Uh, in the bridge crew, the us was his bridge crew, and the them was everybody. But he now has a and good then, us. He has a better us versus them. Although it's, well, it's still, no. he doesn't have a good them. No, the, the problem the is that now everybody is us. <laughs> yeah. 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 He doesn't have a them anymore. His them is uh, the heavenly ones, except he super respects them and knows that killing them doesn't actually kill them, so he's fine with it. Yeah. Even though he also does know that killing them does kill a singer that he's never met, but because since he hasn't met them, it's fine. Yeah, he'd be he, he was super upset over the ones that he was sort of bonding with when they were fighting Although, his temporary squad. Yeah, as soon as um, what's her face working with Navani Raboniel, as soon as Raboniel was like, "Hey, you can kill me. I'm not going to stop you." but I am going to make this incredibly painful for the person whose body I take over next Everstorm, and that guilt will be on your hands. Ooh, spooky. Um, Aiden's chapter, but he knew for a fact there was a girl who had been chosen when she was younger than him. He had seen her leaving food out for old Gavim, the widow who sometimes forgot to collect her rations. So that's yeah. Lyft. Lyft, mm -hmm. Lyft remembers those who have been forgotten. Mm -hmm. She doesn't for yeah. That's her. Including people who have forgotten themselves. That's Lyft being Lyft. You, you don't usually see these little tidbits, because you see the character on the screen, so you see what they're currently doing. But it's nice to have these little, I guess, world-building touches. Um, also, I highlighted about this pottery business. Today, Aiden did that by heaving out his bucket of creme, pouring off the water on top, and mixing it until it was a paste. So their pottery, and their, I guess since they don't have clay, is made out of creme. I mean, creme is basically clay, right? I don't know. Creme is just like a catch-all for the stuff I mean, that's left the... after this high storm. Yeah, it's it's what the high storm erodes off the stone, but isn't that functionally clay at that point once it gets wet enough? It functions like clay. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, yeah. Because like, once it dries, it hardens. It's it's a thing they have to deal with all the time. Yeah, it's just whenever I like read creme in the books, like... I, I don't usually think of oh it's just clay. Instead, my mind thinks it's like like sewage sort of like that's my brain attaches creme to sewage rather than to clay. But that's just a me problem. Yeah, no the the sewage is in the latrine that Dalinar dug that one time. <laughs> Shirtless. That's right, he did that. That we got to watch for a few hours. Navani, that Navani watched that. for a few hours of like ooh shirtless sweaty. Okay. You uh, missed my appointment, but I will forgive you uh, just this once. Teravangian, he racked his, has racked his brain for anything in the diagram resulting relating to Nightblood, the sword. But there was nothing. They hadn't anticipated the sword. Um, yeah, cause, because it's a sword made from one of the um, Dawn Shards. Because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, I, I still don't know. I mean, yeah, Nightblood's unique. We... There's no complaint. He does things that a normal honor blade or shard blade can't do. He, he's stronger than that. We're going to see this on screen in a few chapters, actually. The destroy Dawn Shard. I'm um, so certain of this. I'm so certain. I'm more certain of this than I am that uh, good Rushu is a Chandra. 
So it and I'm extremely so it certain was that Rushi was a Chandra. Destroy Don Shard, and they were like, "Okay, what can we have it destroy that would be a good thing for it to destroy?" Oh, evil! Destroy evil. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you can't convince me that Nightblood is a Dawn Shard, but I can be convinced that it was made using the Dawn Shard destroy. I don't What's think it's the functional difference there. Well. Because that, if Nightblood was the Dawn Shard, that means we have another Dawn Shard just existing on Roshar, and there's there's a number of entities that would want a Dawn Shard. But it's it's stuck in the sword, and the sword eats Investiture. Like we we've already been told that Dawn Shard plus in, plus Investiture equals bad. We've seen that Nightblood plus Investiture equals bad. Well, I don't think it's that big of a reach, honestly. But you would have to find some way to destroy Nightblood, which I don't know that you can do without way more investiture than we've ever seen anyone, human, shard, anything, have to free up the, the destroy Dawn Shard from it. So, hmm. uh, continuing, Odium has greatly expanded intelligence, he wrote. He can be in many places at once and can command elements, but he feels the same way a man does. He can be tricked, and he seems to have a central self, a core person. I'm highlighting it more because this reminds me of Ruin, and they're talking yeah, about Yeah, he has to, he has to go taunt Vin. He yeah. can't just focus on breaking the world. He's got to go taunt Vin. But but this seems to be a trend that we see for all the shards that the people who worship them, like you know, mythology, like gods, um, religion and mythology, they they worship them, but they have to realize they're just people holding the shard. They're susceptible to making the same mistakes. They have personality flaws. It's kind of like, you know, when, hang out. when you're when you're Sorry. a kid and you're like, oh, adults know everything. They are all knowing. And mm. yeah, and then you grow into an adult and you're like, how come I don't know everything yet? And then you start to realize that all the other adults out there also don't know everything. And, and then yep. you start learning that the people who are in charge are also just people who don't know everything. And... Um, yeah, it's it's turtles all the way down, y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 40 years old. Yes, but I don't feel that different than when I was 20. Aside from my body is just falling apart. Yeah, and I'm tired yeah. all the time. But my brain, like, I still enjoy video games and and the same sort of things. I'm playing Link to the Past all the time. Yeah. I played that when it first came out, and I was a teenager. <sighs> oh, if a friend sent me a comic and yet when I was earlier. a kid, I'm like. My my dad, you know, when he was like forty, I'm like, man, that's so old. I'm I am that age. It's so weird. So anyway. I'll, I'll share this in the in the Discord. But uh, the guy on the hospital bed says, "Doc, I feel like I'm getting old." And the doctor says, "Hmm, tell me, did you play Final Fantasy VII when it first came out?" Yeah, I played it as a kid. It's my favorite game. And the doctor is writing, "Patient is basically dead." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Taravandi says, this is how I am sometimes. It is the Night Watcher's fault. Oh, we didn't talk about it that we spoiled Dave, but anyway. No, the other one, the god. She touched three that I know. The child, the general, and you. The So the, so this is where we get told that cultivation touched three people, and we know the three, and this is, here it is, right here. But it, do, it doesn't close the book on cultivation uh, interacting with more people. Because right. that's this is what Saja not knows. Yeah, like there could be more. This is just these are the three that she knows about. Yes, uh, the old magic, the Night Watcher. I begin to wonder if it was all a cover. 
these many centuries, a way for her to secretly bring in people she wanted to touch. She has been playing a far more subtle game than Odium realized, which is very yeah. much a cultivation thing. Um, allow me to comment on that comment. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> the power behind him is strong, but his mind is exposed. The mind and the power seek different goals. This leaves him not weak, but vulnerable. So this is talking about, you know, race having an actual different goal. We, we know... You, you sure that's about race and not um, says it? Because it kind of sounds like says it. Man, you write. you so right. Um, <laughs> you are so right, man. This is going to get so yeah. complicated as this series goes on. Discord. Discord's going to happen. Like, Discord is what the two, the combined shard wants to be. And says it's trying really hard to be harmony. And it's failing, as we saw by the end of Lost Metal. Um, but no, we're talking about Odium and, and Race here. Oh, hang on, hang so, on, because the Rhythm of War is like, it's the two songs together, and they're discordant at first, but then they find Harmony. So Harmony could still happen, it's just not gelling yet. We yeah. need to find the Rhythm of Seizit. Yes. But, but the excuse we're given in the books, which I don't know how true this is, is that there's more ruin than preservation available because preservation is partially in all the people. Mm. That we that's need to what we're told. Out how to make Sazed mayonnaise. <laughs> what? Uh, anyway, I want to talk about Odium here. So so raises. I think it's Raze's plan that he just wants to splinter shards. Like that's his plan because he wants to be the only one, and that way he doesn't have to pick up another shard. But what does the Odium shard want? Because that's the more important question here. Uh, because in, like, ten chapters, we're not going to have Raze anymore. Mm. And it's going to be how does Teravangian interact with the Shard? That's going to well, be a more important question. For a while, anywhere from years to decades to centuries, it's not going to matter that much what the Odium Shard wants because mm. Teravangian isn't going to be corrupted that quickly. True. So he'll get full say for a while. Very true. Yeah, and I think... I. Th I think he's going to gel pretty well with the shard to start with because the things that Teravangian wants, he wants very passionately. Like he, he went as far as, you know, forming a secret society and killing a bunch of people so he could hear their death rattles. And like um, he was playing the long con and um, mm. like, like that, that was passion y'all like. And he can also seek out, you know, other shards to fuse with to sort of build something that is what Teravangian wants. So, so you think absolutely Teravangian would be willing to take up another shard? Uh, yeah. Like, are, are we going to... I mean, look at all the other think, things he was already willing to do. Do you think he could potentially end up combining the Honor and Odium shard together? I already called this a while back, remember? He was going to be war. I, I knew. I knew our... someone said it. Uh, so yeah, it must be you. Yeah, like that's definitely a possibility. Um, like honestly, I can I could see him sort of like planning out and hunting down specific shards to to like gather in himself to keep his personality the way he wants it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my my guess is that Teravangian is probably more intelligent than race like i think he he's better at the long-term planning thing i think as you mentioned um i mean craig yeah uh he made a deal with cultivation dude he's more intelligent and less intelligent than everyone 
Well, okay, that's that actually brings me to my point because something that this chapter talks about is how Odium thinks himself smarter than he really is. Like essentially, he doesn't fully know his limits. Teravangid it explicitly says that Teravangid he knows how smart he can be on his smartest day. He experienced that, so he, he has an idea of what he's capable of compared to Odium, who you know is just holding a shard. Uh, Reese, Reese is just holding a shard and thinks he has unlimited power. So Teravandi can actually better temper what a shard... Like, he... Okay, flat out, Teravandian is scary holding a shard. Uh, th this is... And I love this for what Stormlight Archives is, is that we are seeing the creation of an ultimate big bad for the Cosmere. Because it ain't autonomy. Autonomy's just in the way. It's Teravandian holding Odium and whatever other shards he ends up getting. I could definitely see him wanting to pick up Devotion and Dominion. Because why not? They're just sitting there. Yeah. Well, he'd have to remake them first, but I don't feel like that's outside of the realm of what he can do. Yeah. And then, you know, grab Mercy while you're there. Throw in a little whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's... But, but, no. Never, ever, ever will he get the stick. No. That one stays separate. Always. It's, it's the shard that just wants to survive, right? It just wants to be a stick. Well, I don't know about survival. I know it. I know it's a stick. All right. Well, let me go to Stargile now. He began to paint with his fingers in the air. Each of them did it differently. Shalad had explained that they each needed some kind of focus to make their surge binding work. Hers was drawing. Stargile appeared to have a different method, something more akin to painting. And I, I mean, I thought that was neat. But what would have? I know we talked about this before. But what would have uh, Elokars have been? Like we sort of uh, talked he, about this. He was also really good at drawing. Okay. Like we we saw him sketch out some stuff. Uh, that's in true. And radiance. And Shalon's like, hey, right that's end. that's not bad. Yeah. Okay. And then TNs would have been wood carving, which mm -hmm. doesn't seem practical. I mean, it's not quick. Um, and I also highlighted he's seen many depictions of all ten heralds, and they were usually all painted as a lethi. You had to search the master works of earlier ages to find depictions of the heralds representing all the people of Roshar. Because it was like a big surprise, like, oh, they look Shin. And it's like, yeah, that's sort of what ends up happening, as you can see from the European um, thing of artwork that that we see now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, although Nail looks makabaki. Yes, he, he at least has that. All right, now, he, here's the one I, I do want to really talk about. This is the epigraph, uh, L's epigraph. This is the first time we hear from him. I had my yeah, title, my boy, and my rhythms stripped from me for daring insist that they should not be killed, but should instead be reconditioned repurpose so he lost his identity but it's not through the same thing that happened with you know the singers he had his identity and, and i assume connection stripped from him as well but also all of all of these are from the first day of the last 10 days yes i wanted to highlight that because we didn't know what that meant when it first popped up but we know now because they, they, that challenge that you know Dalinar is going to give to Odium, it's going to happen in 10 days from, from when that agreement happens, which is at the end of the book. So we have 10 days, and this, this is this. L is saying this then on the first of that, those 10 days. All right. Well, if I see anything else about L, I'll highlight it, but I, I don't see much. But I thought that first of the final 10 days to be very interesting, especially. The fact that it's called the final 10 days. Is it the final oh, 10 days of the true desolation? And it's going to end? 
Or is it the final 10 days of Roshar? Or is it the final 10 days of the Singers? We've got probably a little less than a year before we find that out, Craig. Yeah. And then we will know and then we can talk about it. Or no, didn't did it get it may have gotten pushed to twenty twenty five and so we've got like two years. Soon. Uh, I have one more bullet point. If Dalinar wins, Odium retreats to damnation for a thousand years. If Odium wins, he must remain in the system, but he gets Roshar to do it as he pleases. I just wanted to highlight the terms because this is stupid. Why would you let Hoid slash Wit dictate this? This is not for the best interests of your planet. Why would why would Raze agree to those terms? It, exactly. Why? And like, Teravangian as Odium might agree to those terms. Race, why would he? What is he getting out of this that he wants? Because he doesn't want Roshar. Well, we're, we're going to sort of see that because this is just the agreement that's going to be presented. And I don't recall exactly, because he does agree to the challenge. I just don't remember why. But it's it's they're at the point where they need a large enough victory. They need to do something to make Odium want to agree to the challenge. Because right now he's just winning and he has no reason to agree to any challenge. He did tentatively say that he would agree to a challenge, which is why Odium has been avoiding Dalinar, um, because he he knew Dalinar would try to pin this down. But yeah, I I don't know because yeah, this doesn't seem like they, they're like they they talk about it. They're like, oh yeah, it's definitely a good idea because if he wins, um, even if Dalinar wins, he only has to wait a thousand years. Uh, otherwise, he gets to do whatever he wants with the planet to to get it ready for something. He's stuck on the planet. He doesn't want to be stuck on the planet. That is his whole goal. It sucks that Dalinar is the one holding the biggest chunk of honor, and someone else who isn't good at this can't actually like come in and and discuss terms i mean downar at least is willing to listen and work with his people he knows he's not the best so he's having yasna try to figure out the terms it's just that she's sort of depending on hoid and she really shouldn't and but he has to try to convince odium to go along with this stuff and dalinar is not a convincer spren that's that's all they have though that's he's the only one who can present it as you said because he has the biggest chunk of honor like the only thing he has going for him really is that odium will honor the spirit of the agreement rather than like Mm, the -hmm. specific terms right so like he is he is bound by his own shard to operate in good faith for this yeah that that's literally all dalinar has going for him so uh, Teravangian will be bound to these terms. So for him, it it feels like if we were to have an interesting story, then Terra Odium needs to win. Yes, duh. <laughs> of course Odium is going to win. For This is our Empire Strikes Back, man. Book five. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting a, a time break between. So It has to end on yeah. a downer. So hold on. If race was still holding the Odium Shard, I think Dalinar definitely wins that. Like, Odium would have had a bad choice because he's still like, I can't believe I didn't get Dalinar. He'd have a bad choice of a champion. Dalinar would kick butt. It would be L. Race's champion would be L. It might still be L. Well, no. Okay. I think... think Actually, no, you're right. Yeah. The part where Dalinar realizes that it's Teravangian... Now, like, there's going to be that moment where they face each other and it's like, oh, my gosh, like, it's it's going to be a big deal. Okay, let's let's run through this because I've 
I've seen in other groups people talk about this. It's not going to be Moash. Correct. It just won't be. Correct. Odium doesn't care about Moash. Dalinar doesn't care about Moash. Nobody important cares about Moash. Mm. Moash is a foil to Kaladin. Navani cares a little bit now that we're going to see at the end. Okay, but she's not setting terms or picking champions here. No, no. No, I I absolutely agree, because I see it so many times on the subreddit, and it's like, yeah, we care as fans about something happening to Moash. He's important to us because we care about Kaladin, but he is Kaladin's foil, like you said. He's only important within that sphere. He's doing some important things for the singers, don't get me wrong. He has a title. He's killing off the Heralds. He's not a small deal, but he's not the champion either. I think if it was Odium, I think it would be L, just based yes. on how he's introduced. Correct. Since it's not, or since it's not Rays anymore. When I said Odium, I meant Rays. Since it's not Rays anymore, I think L is off the table because Teravangie doesn't know who he is. So, and also he's a bad choice because Teravangie knows Dalinar. He can pick a choice specifically sculpted for Dalinar. Yep. And I think it's probably going to be Gavilar. Yep. We, we've talked about this before. Gavilar is totally a secret herald. He's a cognitive shadow. He's going to be the one. And Dalinar can't fight Gavilar. Which is probably why in the like released um, prologue to Book 5 that we got, the secret one, uh, that's probably why Teravangian is introduced trying to join the Sons of Honor, is so he can have a way of knowing about this. Yeah, but this is keep in mind, this is before the diagram that that happens. Yes. Yes. He's just trying to get info about the secret society, you think? Well, I think he was legitimately trying to join at that point because, like, he had a sense something was coming from some source. Okay. That's why he sought out the old magic was because he knew something was coming. Yeah, and he needed a capacity to save mankind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is this is true. Um, I think, I, I mean, this, this is, I think, our prediction. We'll have to see when the book comes out. I've seen people saying Gavinor, and that doesn't seem like a Brandon Sanderson move. He's too young. We have 10 days. Gavinor is, what, 6? 4? Something like that? I mean, Dalinar isn't going to kill him, but... (laughs) Yeah, but but he's also not going to pick a 4-year-old as a champion. Dalinar could just send him to bed without his dessert. (laughs) Like, within the confines of this agreement, like, can a 6-year-old give consent? in a way that matters to a Shardic agreement. I don't know. Probably not. Doesn't seem like a Brandon Sanderson move. Like, another author might pull that. George Martin? George Martin would do that. <laughs> yeah. Sanderson? No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this is absolutely right. I think the fact that we have Teravangian taking over the Odium Shard at the end of this book is very bad for Team Radiant. And this is essentially how Odium ends up winning and taking over the Rosharian system, which will allow... Teravangian to then somehow maybe get a hold of the other two shards that are there. So that way he can eventually go beyond the Oath Pack because it won't matter anymore when he's holding all the shards. Well, if he's also... If he picks up the Honor Shard and becomes War, he then has an agreement with himself? Maybe, yeah. That might just be enough. And he doesn't need Cultivation, he just needs the Honor Shard. And that, that might be enough to, like... Yeah, we... Both the Honor and the Odium Shards agree to end this agreement. The thing is, poof. I don't want I don't want Dalinar to die. <laughs> like I I'm not convinced he's going to be killed off. He can fail the the champion battle. He's not necessarily dead, but he's also the one who has the strongest claim to 
reforming the shard, which means okay. ultimately he has to die if if Odium is gonna if Teravangi is gonna pick up the honor and Odium shard together. Well, let me let me lay something out for you, Craig. Yeah. So Ishar almost steals the bond to the Stormfather. Correct. Just on a whim, within seconds, right? Yeah. That happens later in this book. That happens in a few chapters. That might be next week. I don't remember. Um. So that almost happens, which means that things can happen to Dalinar's bond. Um, Teravangian as Odium might be able to just take Honor's cognitive shadow from the Stormfather and use that to reform Honor to take the Honor Shard without actually affecting Dalinar's bond with the Stormfather. He just takes a chunk of it. Mm. Might be able to. I don't know. I don't know what he's capable of. Yeah. I guess it depends on, because he currently needs access to that Honor Blade, the Bondsmith Honor Blade, because that's the one that messes with connection. I don't think that's something innate that Odium can just do. Maybe, maybe not. Too OP. Too OP. I mean, I think Bondsmiths in general, messing with connection is very OP. Dalinar is going to be scary if he ever figures out how to actually do this stuff. (laughs) Controlling Midnight Essence is pretty OP Mm -hmm. also. We have an Unmade that can do that. Yeah, now that we know what it is. (laughs) Thank you, yeah. Tress. Thank you, Tress. Anyway, that's all I had this week. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Rushu is a Chondra. <laughs> 100% Rushu is a Chondra. <laughs> Listeners arguing with us that Rushu may not be a Chondra. Rushu is a Chondra. 100% Rushu is a Chondra. So, okay, if you I also would a- like to argue about Rushu being a Chondra, you can check out patreon.com slash cast and find a link to our discord server and then you too can post comments and you should um yeah i i'm pretty sure there should be a chondra with every major group in the cosmere at this point every secret society on, on roshar has to have a chondra no 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 every major group it's actually in the cosmere. it's actually all chondra like it, it's oops all chondra like every chondra. everybody's a chondra and that's that's going to be the big reveal at the end of book five really and they're not necessarily harmony's chondra that's actually no, explicitly okay. stated because we see when harmony finally lets milan go out well says it well, Harmony lets Milan go out. Sazed released the Chandra, as as re- revealed in Tress, with what's-his-face, the Doctor Chandra. Right. Specifically Sazed, not telling us Harmony or Discord. Yeah, which I'm thinking that spoiler was to hide a bigger spoiler. Yeah. There's like there's a lot of what isn't he saying. I'm going to read this word of Brandon that I just found, though, because we were arguing about Rushu being a Chandra. Is there more to Rushu, or is she actually just a regular Roshar human? The answer is... Rushu is not a secret world hopper. That's the answer he gives. Doesn't say anything about her no, being she's a regular Rosharian human. <laughs> she could be a Rosharian Chandra for all we know, or some other Chandra um, that doesn't somehow isn't a world hopper. Or maybe she's, as someone I think in our chat said, maybe she's an open. Was that you, Mike? That said no. Golden Devil says maybe she's an open world hopper. <laughs> so who knows? I don't think it's off the table. She's definitely suspicious. <laughs> I will say that she's not a sleepless because we've seen how good of actors they are and aren't. Aren't is the correct phrasing of that. <laughs> so I think that's yeah. an episode, right? I think so. That yep. seems like an episode. Okay. Good night, Internet. All right. Bye. Hey, uh, before we go, Unbye. also join our join our uh, Discord in order to tell Tori about games that you've started. No, and please do not. <laughs> do, don't tell me that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Oh, we're still gonna get it now, Tori. We have we have a channel dedicated to everything Tori. You can mention <laughs> yeah. it there. We have a Tori Talk channel, which is the exact place you no, should No, please that. don't. It's down in Spoilers Aloud. Uh-huh. Look, I'll, I'll, anyway. I'll throw you a, a, a positive, Tori. If you want, you could talk about games that you stopped playing and you came back to to finally finish. Ah. Is that better <laughs> yes, or is that better. worse? Please tell me okay. about all the games that you have finished and, and you've, you watched <laughs> the credits until the end appeared on the screen. And that that's where the closure is, you guys. Oh my god, the credits for Final Fantasy VI were like 20 minutes And long. I watch them every time I beat that game, okay? Like, good. And The Pixel remaster, I think, made them longer. They're just, they take Like, every time I beat Link, Link's Awakening, and I'm like, I'm not going to cry this time, I'm not going to cry this time, I'm not going to cry. And then the the end appears on the screen, and I, I cry. I cry so hard. And my husband's always like, woman, are you okay? And I'm like, I just beat the game again. And he's like, oh yeah, I... I I'm familiar with this now. <laughs> All right, that's an episode. Okay, good Bye, night, everybody. internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.